I asked my wife Sharon this question one time. How many great preachers in the world do you think there are? <laughs> she said, one less than you think there is. <laughs> well, I want to ask you a question this morning. What is the secret to greatness? Just contemplate that for a moment. Now, if you went to Wall Street and asked the question, what's the secret to greatness? Wall Street would say, money and lots of it. If you were to go to Washington and ask, what's the secret to greatness? Washington would say, political clout and a lot of it. If you were to go to Hollywood and ask, what is the secret to greatness? Hollywood would say, fame and lots of it. Well, the greatest man who ever lived, the only man who truly deserves to be called great in every sense of the word, Jesus Christ. He had a very different answer. He said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Success and greatness in the kingdom of God is far different than what it is on planet Earth. If you want to climb to the top of the ladder in God's eyes, well, you've got to take the rungs of service. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. The secret to greatness in the kingdom of God is not how many servants you have, but what kind of a servant you are. Now, here's the key question for the day. Are you more interested in being served in the church, or are you more interested in being a servant in the church? A first grade teacher asked her class the question, what do you do to help at home? And one by one, the answers came back. One little girl said, well, I drive the dishes. And one little boy said, I feed the dog. Another child said, I sweep the floor. And everybody gave an answer one after the other. But one little boy sitting in the back, he didn't say anything. And so the teacher looked at him and said, Danny, what do you do to help out at home? And he said, I stay out of the way. Well, that's great for a little child, but there are far too many members in the church who just stay out of the way. Don't be one of them. Last week, as we began our series, We Are the Church, I talked to you about not going to church, but being the church wherever you are. And one of the ways you do that is by serving. So you're going to find out today, once again, that the Bible teaches that every member of the church is a minister, and every member of the church should be involved in ministry. Now, I may be the senior pastor in this church, but I'm not the only minister. I mean, I'm looking out today at hundreds of ministers, including you. And I want to share with you today why you should get involved in ministry and be the minister that God wants you to be. So, first of all, you were literally created for ministry. You were created for service. You were created to do good works. Now, just about all of us have heard this Bible verse, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. We all know it very well. But we often neglect verse 10, which says, For we are God's handiwork, 
created in, in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You see, everything that God created, he created for a purpose. And so birds were created to sing, bees were created to give honey, cows were created to give milk, fish were created to swim, dogs were created to cheer us up on a bad day. <laughs> and you were created for ministry. You know, one of the most misunderstood words of our day is that word, minister. Because people use it as a synonym for someone like me who's ordained or theologically trained in a seminary. So you might be surprised to learn that the word minister derives from the Latin word for servant and is based on the root word minus, which means less. So technically, a minister is someone of a lesser rank or status who simply wants to serve. Now, think about this. Why doesn't God take you to heaven the moment he creates faith in your heart and accepts you as a part of his family? Well, the reason is very simple. He has a ministry for you to do while you're here on earth. He has a servant he wants you to perform. And so, the grace of God that enabled us to be saved well, it's the same grace of God that enables us to serve. So again, this may shock many of you to hear this, but the pastor's not the only person in the church called to ministry, nor are full-time staff people the only people called to ministry. Every Christian has been called to minister, and every Christian has been called to ministry. Now, that doesn't mean, obviously, that every Christian is called to be a pastor or called to work full-time at a church. But every Christian is called to serve God full-time. You just can't get away from it. God expects you to minister to others. In fact, he created you to do so. God has also given you the equipment to do the ministry of the church, and that equipment is called your spiritual gifts. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Romans 12, 6. The fact is every Christian is gifted. We all have spiritual gifts. Now, we don't all have the same gifts, but we all have certain gifts that God has given us so we can do what he wants us to do for other people. You see, God never wastes anything. Every spiritual gift and natural ability that you have, God gave it to you to be used in service and ministry. Again, 1 Peter 4.10 is, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Now, the good news is that there are more than enough gifts in the church to do everything that God wants the church to do. So, do you know what I'm looking at today as I look out at all of you? I'm looking at a lot of unopened, unused gifts. <laughs> I mean, this is like Christmas in September. I mean, you know the charge you get out of seeing all those gifts under the Christmas tree? It's awesome. But you know what? No matter how much you pay for a gift, 
or how wonderful and expensive a gift might be, if it's never opened, it's absolutely worthless. Now, I think every church should be determined to help their people discover their gifts, develop their gifts, and deploy their gifts in the service of others. And that's exactly what we are here to do. So you'll find in your bulletin or you'll find on the website a link where you can explore and then help you discover your spiritual gift or gifts if you're unsure what they might be. So I urge you to use it or simply talk with Sharon Tiemann, Director of Connect Ministries, or myself or another staff member about an area where you might serve. You see, I believe one of the reasons why church members get frustrated and irritated and, well, sometimes lose interest in the church is because they've either never discovered what their gifts are or they know what their gifts are and they're not given an opportunity to use them. The truth is all of us have more gifts than we realize We just have to make sure we're using them in the right way and in the right place. You know, I had a church member come to me uh, just a few weeks ago, and he said, Pastor, is it a sin to play golf on Sunday? And I said, well, I've seen you play, and I think it's a sin for you to play any day of the week. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a sin. It's a sin when we don't use our gifts to glorify God or serve our neighbor. So again, do you have the attitude of a servant? Quite frankly, it's against our nature to want to serve others. When the average person looks for a church, do you know the question they're usually asking? How can this church meet my needs? When you begin to really mature as a Christian, Then you begin to ask instead, how can I be used in this church to meet the needs of others? I heard Rick Warren once uh, say something, well, that I'll, I'll never forget. He said, people are so obsessed with living as long as they can. So they watch their diet, they exercise, they take vitamins, all good things. But he said, that's not the real issue. It's not how long you live that matters. It's how you live that matters. The truth is, as a believer in Christ, you have all eternity to live, but how you live now can affect other people's eternity. As 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Keep busy in your work for the Lord, since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever without value. Can you say that about everything that you do? Let's face it, a lot of what you and I do doesn't mean a hill of beans in eternity. But nothing you do in the Lord's work is ever without eternal benefits. But let me be clear once again, as we learned last week, church is something we are and not just something that we go to. So we ought to realize that the use of our gifts isn't limited to the confines of traditional rules or a building during the weekend gathering. And so someone who has the gift of teaching 
can just as effectively serve God's kingdom teaching in a public school as he or she can leading a Bible study. A person might be just as good of a witness by volunteering at the food pantry as in the church nursery. Or a craftsman who worked in the Habitat for Humanity project in his or her community would be just as much a follower of Jesus when he or she is constructing the manger and stable for the annual Sunday school Christmas program. You see, if you really believe that you don't go to church, but that you are the church, you'll see serving opportunities at every corner and on every day of the week. Now, please understand that I am not discounting all the wonderful roles and responsibilities people participate in each week when they serve on the church's ministry-specific teams. Our church thrives each and every week because, well, of of all of you, all the people who volunteer their time and utilize their gifts for what happens right here inside our walls. But when you adopt the I am the church philosophy, instead of just the I'm going to church mindset, ministry takes on a much more holistic and integrated flavor. You start understanding that you are the church, You are the church when you're at home, at school, at work, at the Little League field, or in the checkout line. And yes, you are the church when you're here at church too. So I want to close by asking you to imagine something. You've died. And, well, let's say you've been in heaven by earth standards for 50 years. And somebody comes up to you and says, I just want to thank you for what you've done for me. And you look at that person and say, I'm sorry, I don't think I know you. And then they say, no, you you don't know me, but I know you. You were a servant in the church. You performed this ministry in the church and it was in that church that I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And you had a part in making sure that I got to heaven. And I just wanted to thank you. So here's my question. Do you think it would be worth that to serve God? If I knew of a more significant way to invest my life than to do it in serving Jesus Christ, that's what I'd be doing. But there isn't. There is no work too small that God doesn't notice it and God doesn't reward it. Today, we want to help you get ready to serve God, understanding that every single one of you is called to full-time ministry and equipping you to use your God-given gifts. I am the church, and you are the church. We are the church. Amen.